What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? Oh, yeah, baby. Here we go. It's What's the Spread. Welcome in. I am Miles on Sports. Mr. Brad Thomas with me. So happy that you can take some time away from covering soccer and golf to talk about the creme de la creme. A little bit of college football with me today. Miles, I'll tell you what, listen. So, you know, I just like you, I love love football. But with the rush towards the end of the soccer season, you know, I hadn't been diving as deep as I, I really wanted to. And now it's soccer season, well, the domestic league season's over. The first second I got looking into the teams like at a, with a microscope, I was literally hooked and my heart started racing. Then I started thinking about, which players I need to rank on my Heisman watch list. Then I started thinking about which games I need to go to. Like the, we are less than a hundred days away. And it just makes me even more excited that I get to sit down with my boy and talk some football. There's so much that I want to cram into one. I'm glad we're starting today with 25 through 11. We're going to run through our top 10 next week, but I want to cover conference games, non-conference games, uh, Heisman watch list predictions, work, we're coming at it from every angle here, as we normally do in the summer. As you said, really good to start to look ahead and realize how close we are. This thing Ooh, comes yeah. back around so quickly, and there's just something about this season that that feels different. I don't know. Uh, you know, we saw Georgia beat Alabama in the national championship last year. Probably the greatest defense that we've ever seen. Uh, we said that it was going to be. Uh, more of an open race last year, and it was right. It was. I mean, we were spot on. We saw Cincinnati. A group of five team where we said on this playoff would, or this podcast would never happen. And here we go. Cincinnati gets into the playoff. It really was a year where anybody had a shot. And I think that this year can be very similar to that. I think that we see this a lot too. Um, Nick Saban touched on it a little bit. He thinks that parody is going to go away. But I think with NIL, it's not going to be parody at the bottom, but the top, the top 15, 20 programs will be able to buy their players and buy their rosters. And we're going to see a lot more competitive games. And even though I wish Alabama would win every single national championship for the rest of my life, I want to see quality football games every time I watch one. And especially in the playoffs, I want to see parody. Yeah, I think it's good for the sport. And, you know, Texas A&M may have been the first one to figure this out with NIL, uh, yeah. but they won't be the last. And exactly. more and more universities and more and more schools will start to learn really how to utilize their resources and make them more competitive. And I really feel like it's going to be a point where there's not going to be as many teams getting left behind, which it may seem like, oh, well, only the schools with all this money. And I don't think it's going to be like that. I really think it's going to open up more opportunities. And again, this is what we said in the very beginning. When we first heard about NIL, we yep. knew this was going to change things. And technically it already did with Texas A&M, who never would have gotten that class without NIL. So we're already seeing those uh, – you know, those, those implications, exactly. um, you know, and we've got schools going into the big 12 next year, like Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, UCF. It's an exciting time. So let's get into it. My friend top 25, we're going to start right at the top with number 25. I'm going to kick it off with Kentucky. And I think that what Mr. Stoops is doing at Kentucky is very well done. And I think he's going to continue to do that this year with Will Levis, who is projecting to be at least a top 10 pick in the 2023 NFL draft. And when you look around the country at the uh, you know top quarterback prospects for next year, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are at the top. 
Uh, but for Kentucky to have potentially a top 10 pick at their disposal, I think that's going to be huge for them in the SEC East. I think they will at least get to eight wins again. No, I agree with Kentucky in my top 25. My number 25 team, I bounced around with three teams in this place, and it was funny because I had one team ranked very, very, very low, uh, probably around the 15 mark, and then I initially just started moving them, moving them, moving them until they got kicked out, and now my 25th ranked team, UCLA, Chip Kelly. Listen, just like Kentucky, they have a sneaky good team with a very good quarterback and a good run game. You know, they struggled on defense, but I, I was trying to see if I could, you know, use that as a way to keep them out. And I can't because you're only as good as the competition you play. And their defense is only as good as their competition they play. Most of the teams in their division, most of the teams in their conference will be playing subpar defense. Or is it, are they facing against very good offenses? So I'm going to leave Chip Kelly here at 25. UCLA is a good pick. Uh, I've got them right outside the top 25. Uh, really, I think it's going to go into a theme of more Pac-12 teams than we've seen in our previous top 25. Oh, yeah. Definitely for mine. <laughs> I know for yours. Uh, I think the Pac-12 is really starting to make noise here. And, and it really goes to show you what an impact Lincoln Riley can make in just five months. I think he's going to transform that conference and make the entire conference as a whole more competitive. Uh, Chip Kelly coming off his best season at UCLA. So, yeah, I'm looking for big things there, too. Dorian Thompson Robinson still there somehow. Um, should ball out again in 23. All right. Uh, going to number 24. This is where I have my old friends, the Iowa Hawkeyes won 10 games last year. Uh, had a lot of hype in the beginning of the year because I think they started the year with like 20 interceptions in three yeah. games. It wasn't really like that, but it was pretty damn close. It like and, that. And they were all pick sixes. <laughs> right. And it got them a lot of wins early on, but just in just a very bad, historically bad offense that I don't think they can fix in one offseason. So I think Iowa is going to be Iowa. I think they'll get eight or nine wins. I think they'll compete for the Big Ten West uh, title. But they do get Ohio State and Michigan in crossover play this year. So Iowa will not be my pick to win the division. But I think number 24 is right where uh, I have Kirk Ferentz. I, I like it. It's a fair spot. I'm a, a couple spots lower with Iowa. I'm going to go 24 at BYU. And this was another one of the teams who I really contemplated leaving out. But then I yeah. looked at this team returning Jaron Hall. They did nothing wrong all season, played challenging games. Is what we asked of them. When they had that run, we asked them to play tougher opponents, and that's exactly what they did. And this is another season where they have a dynamic offense, and they're going to play very good teams this year. If they go another 10-3, and three, they're going to find themselves in a New Year's Six Bowl. And I think at 24 is a pretty good spot to keep them. Keeping them out of the top 25 for me was something that I was trying not to do. And as you go through my list, you're going to see there are a lot of teams like Florida um, who had subpar records who I just couldn't get over what has happened to their programs in terms of turnover, in terms of losing records and putting them in and keep got a team like BYU who really didn't have much turnover on the offensive side or the defensive side. And they played quality opponents and had a winning record. Yeah, it's a great point. And I think it's something that we're going to see, as you said, in these rankings. I mean, it was the biggest coaching carousel we've ever seen. So there's yes. a lot of things to consider. And BYU, their schedule this year, if you take a peek, I don't have specific games. I know Arkansas is on there. They've they've got games on there that this is a power five schedule. Um, you know, last year was a little bit tougher, but this is legitimate. Yes. Um, so BYU can make some real noise. And Jaron Hall is very underrated at, at, at quarterback. So I don't have him in my top 25, but trust me, definitely took a look at BYU. Uh one of those schools we mentioned, they are poised to go into the Power Five very soon, possibly next year. Uh, could be a big season for them. 
All right, let's go ahead and move on to number 23. And this is where I have a team that I'm excited to watch this year. And I've always been partial to because I love their stadium environment at Neyland. And that is Tennessee over in the SEC East. Look, I thought that Josh Heupel uh, hire was a joke. I really did. And (laughs) after watching him at UCF, uh, he has some successful seasons, but he just, as a UCF fan, he just made you pull your hair out all the time. But what he did at Tennessee in his first season cannot be denied. It was very impressive. And he's got Hendon Hooker coming back. The defense wasn't great, but they got their top three leading tacklers back. I think this Tennessee team, they won seven games last year. I think they can improve on that this year and be even more competitive. You know, I agree with Tennessee being a surprise team, but I just can't get over the fact that Tennessee struggles to win the big games, which is going to keep them being that seven-win team. So I have them out for my 23-ranked team. This is where I have Wisconsin. And this, for me, is defense wins championships, even if you have Graham Mertz at quarterback. This defense is number one rated defense in the what Big Ten, and it's hard for me to think that they won't improve. They won't get better. They won't surpass that double-digit 10-win mark, even with Graham Mertz, because at some point, Mertz is going to have to take that step. They're going to have to – he's going to have to – <laughs> You know, this is college football where the cream of the crop rises to the top. And if you do not play good football, you eventually will get benched. And I think this is a good defense that will have a quarterback who's hungry. Yeah, I can go ahead right into my 22 because this is where I've got Wisconsin. And, you know, I originally I wanted to leave them off of my top 25. I've got six Big Ten teams in the top 25, uh, seven SEC, I believe. Uh, for Wisconsin, some of the best coaching in the country that, that you're going to find. No turnover here. You got Paul Christ at the, at, at the helm. You've got one of, if not the best defensive coordinator in the entire country in Jim Leonard. Uh, freshman running back Braylon Allen last year ran for Beast. 1,200 yards, 12 touchdowns. I think he's poised for a Jonathan Taylor-like year this year. Very under the radar. I really do think he's got that kind of workhorse mentality. This is another, another Wisconsin running back. Mm-hmm. He was a freshman last year. Not as impactful as Taylor was as a freshman, but... You see what I mean? This Wisconsin formula works. And, you know, uh, talking about Wisconsin, you know, versus Iowa, where Iowa's still trying to figure out their offense, Wisconsin knows what they want to be. And if Mertz can just take a little bit of a step, then uh, they'll have success again. And it's the Big Ten West. Let's be real. So who do you have at 22? 22, we're going to stay in the Big Ten. I have Iowa. And you've touched on almost every single thing that I wanted to say (laughs) with this elite defense, returning a lot of quality players like Jack Campbell. The question marks they have are at quarterback, like always, but time and time again, we count Iowa out and say they don't have a quarterback. This has been years after year. We they don't have a quarterback who can lead them to the promised land. I still don't think they can, but 22 is a fair position for a team who's going to go out there and win nine or 10 games. All right, number 21, uh, I've got Arkansas here. KJ Jefferson, he needs to continue to develop as a passer. I don't think Arkansas is going to have success if KJ Jefferson is the leading rusher. Now, if you've got a by committee, which it looks like they're going to do, that could help. But I really just think it hurts them if they're relying on his legs and not as much as the arm. But what Sam Pittman is doing at Arkansas, again, very similar to what Hypo did at Tennessee, very surprising. I mean, this is an Arkansas team that spent years in the cellar, and they were playing in college game day games last year, right? So they've they've definitely gotten everybody's attention. But in the SEC West, it's so difficult. I mean, it's, it's difficult to repeat success, period, in college football. Uh, but for Arkansas to even have a 500 record again, they are going to have to play some really good football, but I do have them at 25. Now their defense, again, another weak spot, allowed 29.6 points per game last season, kept them from winning the big game. We'll see if they can do it this year. I don't think they're going to win a big game this year, 
But I don't think seven wins is out of the question for them again. For me, my 21st team, Houston. Listen, Dana Holgerson has turned this program into a powerhouse. And, you know, everything that we thought about Houston has been thrown out. Everything we thought about Dana Holgerson has been thrown out of the window because I thought he was going to come out here, have this flashy offense, play zero defense. And then I took a deep dive into every team statistically defensively, and they are the sixth-ranked defense last season. I think they have a quality squad who's getting a lot of that very good defense back. With Clayton Toon at the helm, I think that a 21 is a very good spot. And I'm going to roll right into my 20th pick because my 20th is your 21st in Arkansas. You said it. The biggest problem with Arkansas last year was uh, KJ Jefferson's inability to throw the football down the field. So if you look at games when they played against uh, Georgia, Georgia could just load the box because they know Jefferson's not going to beat them. They're not going to beat him on the ground at all. They're not going to beat him in the air. And that is where he needs to develop. I've seen a lot of PFF grades come out for him as the number one rated uh, rushing quarterback in the SEC. He needs to stop being highlighted as this rating profile of a rushing quarterback and start being rated as an overall quarterback. That is what's going to make you money in the NFL. That is what's going to make your team a legitimate national championship contender. So at 29 and 5, 9 and 4 last season, I think Pittman gets them a little bit better, but it all hinges on Jefferson. Yeah, it all hinges on on that development, but Arkansas definitely a program to watch out for. Uh number 20 for me is my surprise pick and that is the Purdue Boilermakers and I'll just say it right now, Purdue is my pick to win the Big 10 West this year. I think that in Iowa or Wisconsin finally gets dethroned Minnesota is also on my radar. They are not in my top 25, but they are returning one of the best running backs in the country in Muhammad Ibrahim. Uh, and then Tanner Morgan is there for his ninth year of eligibility. Uh, but but with when it comes to Minnesota, I'm just liking what I'm seeing for, uh, from Purdue right now. I think they finished the year really strong. They had a tough game against Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State was rolling at the time, but they finished with a huge win uh, against Tennessee in the Music City Bowl, one of the best games uh, in the country. But Aiden O'Connell coming back a quarterback for Purdue and a very pass-happy system. And I think he's one of the most underrated passers in the country. They have 14 returning starters. They do not play Ohio State, Michigan State, or Michigan in crossover play. I think that will be the difference for them. Purdue is my surprise pick, and I've got them playing in the Big Ten title game. I'll roll right into number 19 because this is where I have Houston. Houston is my only group of five team in my top 25. I think Houston represents the group of five uh, easily in the New Year's Six. I think they are the best group of five team. Uh, right next to Cincinnati, but Houston, man, you said it. Uh, the defense, that's really what stood out to me. Yes. 20.4 points per game allowed last season. And now they've got quarterback Clayton Toon coming back with Nathaniel Dell at receiver. And if you watched this man play at receiver last year, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's been saying Stroud and Smith and Jigba, right? That's going to be the number one quarterback receiver combo. And let's be real, it probably will be. But watch <laughs> out for Clayton Toon, Nathaniel Dell as the most lethal uh, quarterback to receiver combo in the country. I think Houston is poised for big things under Dana Holgerson and uh, on the doorstep of the power five. So who do you got at 19? 19 is where I have Kentucky um, probably a little sec bias coming in and a little bit of the preseason hype behind Will Levis. Um, it, it, for me, it's hard to put them any lower or any higher, even though I desperately wanted to make them a top 15 team. Listen, they're returning like the thinnest amount of their most important units, their defense returning very few players, their offensive lines losing three quality players and they're losing Wandell Robinson. I got to watch yeah. this man play in person and I could not believe how electric he was. 
those 24 touchdowns, a lot of those that Will Levis thrown are not going to be available to a explosive playmaker who creates nothing, something out of nothing. So I like what Mark Soup's doing, but I do think that for this season, unless Will Levis becomes the second coming of God, they will not surpass the 10-win season. Yeah, I'm I'm liking Kentucky this year, pulling for them. All right, let's go into number 18. I've got a couple of ACC teams here on my radar. The defending ACC champions, number 18, and that is Pittsburgh. And you want to talk about the transfer portal, and you and I were talking about this last night. The transfer portal uh, has made a lot of question marks uh, in the rankings because yeah. there are so many players that could go one way or the other, and one of those players is our old friend, Keaton <laughs> Slovis from USC, who we don't know if he's even going to win the job yet, but if he does win the starting job with Pitt, 58 touchdowns in 27 games at USC. He can pick up or can he pick it left off? And Pittsburgh is returning 16 starters total, seven on the defensive side of the ball. They won 11 games last year. So I don't think Pittsburgh is going anywhere, but it really will come down to how big of a step down will they have from Kenny Pickett. My number 18 team is uh, the biggest hype, I think, in the ACC this season. And that's North Carolina State. Devin Leary is coming off a massive 35 touchdown season. But for some reason, they just couldn't get over that hump, right? That that they should have. Like you think they had an elite defense? They had top. They were top twenty in, in, in pass defense, top twenty in rush defense. They had a quarterback throwing for thirty four hundred yards and thirty five touchdowns. Why did they not win more than nine games? But listen, at eighteen, I think they have a big, big chance to be a surprise team in the ACC, but they have a lot of hype behind them. And they have teams like Clemson who went under the radar winning 10 games last season who are going to be ready. Teams like Wake Forest, who what, won 11 games last season? Who are going to be ready. Teams like Pitt, there are just so many teams in the ACC that you're not only going to have to live up to the hype, you're going to have to play quality opponents throughout the season. Yeah, and you're going to have to make us a believer out of the ACC because as yes. you mentioned, those four teams you just mentioned are all in my top 25 and they've got to make believers out of me because I thought they put together some really good football last year. That goes right into my number 17, and that is Wake Forest. Returning quarterback Sam Hartman, who tore up 2023 and for those or uh, 2021. And for those who uh, don't remember, Wake Forest was undefeated for, for a period of time last year where we thought, hey, this might be a playoff team. Um, defense, yeah. we don't have to talk about that. That definitely needs to improve, but – when they got so many pieces coming back on the offensive side of the ball and Wake Forest has momentum right now. All these programs in the ACC do. Pittsburgh, NC State, Wake Forest, they have momentum. They just need a little bit more prime time games, I would say. They just need some notoriety. Who do you got at number 17? Number 17, I have Wake Forest as well. And oh, I was going to do a team comp when you brought up Purdue because I think Purdue is going to be this year's Wake Forest. Where, you know, when Wake Forest handed the reins over to Sam Hartman, everyone kind of just wrote them off. Yeah. But they're still a very, very good team. The problem with Wake Forest for me is their offensive line. If you are going to struggle against some of the top rushing attacks in the, the, in the, in the college football, you're going to have to protect your quarterback. And if you can't protect the quarterback, you're going to have to draw up plays that can beat the pass rush. And they did not do that in the big games. But I mean, if they can, and I don't think that's a big adjustment. If they can dial up those plays that are blitz beaters, they have the they have a comparable quarterback who can do that. So I expect another big season out of Hartman. He is one player who I added to my Heisman watch list. I don't know if they win enough games and he and he plays perfect enough to well, edge out that very bad defense. But look, Kyler Murray did it. And that's all I'm gonna leave that at that. Kyler Murray did it. He put up big enough numbers where 
His team lost, what, one game that season? They didn't have a great defense, but it didn't matter because his numbers were so massive. He won the Heisman. Yeah, Robert Griffin, when they won, I think Baylor only won nine games that year. Yep. Um, yeah, I like that. Sam Hartman, I mean, you saw they were scoring at will at times last season. Yes. So we'll see if we can get the same thing out of Wake Forest this year. All right, number 16, uh, this is where I have Ole Miss. And Ole Miss is one of those teams that, what are they going to look like with all of the transfer portal additions? Is Jackson Dart, you know, going to win the quarterback job? What is life after Matt Corral going to look like? Can Lane Kiffin keep this momentum going? Ole Miss just had the best season, the best regular season for sure, in, in school history. Can he keep it going? But here's my question for you, Brad. Has Lane Kiffin reached his ceiling at Ole Miss? Was last year the best that he's going to be able to do at Ole Miss? I mean, I, 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 for me, I think that's the question. I is this a team that's just going to hang around number 16, number 15, or can they regularly be in the top 10? I think that it's going to take an all world player for Lane Kiffin to, you know, be that elite coach, have an elite team when he has just so much competition in the SEC. Right. If you were watching the game where Matt Corral was out, it was like Lane Kiffin went from being uh, this you know, when SpongeBob's all buff and, 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 and beefy to like regular SpongeBob. And it was really weird because <laughs> no, seriously, because I, I was like, I put Lane Kiffin on this offensive pedestal and what is he playing with? Uh, with John Reese Plumley or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. It's just like, this is garbage football. Um, they are ranked in my top 15, but my number 16 team is going to be Michigan state. Okay. Listen, I think that Michigan state had a great Cinderella season. But the things that they did, the record they had, it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be repeatable unless they fix their defensive woes. They had the worst secondary in the Big Ten, the 111th ranked secondary in the entire college football spectrum. There's only so much that you can do when you can't stop a passing attack. Number 16, I, it's gonna a little little gross, but I have some teams that I think are a little bit more quality above them. Yeah, you know, I, I thought about having Michigan State, you know, right here. Uh, I, I do have them a little higher on my list. Uh, but to your point, I, and, and I'll say this when I talk about Michigan State, I don't think they'll be able to repeat what they did last year, especially because I think Penn State's going to be much more competitive this year. I mean, we're talking about the Big Ten East. It's the second most competitive division in college football, especially when Penn State is good. Um, which I don't have Penn State in my top 25, but I think that's another rebound team. But yeah. it's going to be hard to repeat what they did. And I still don't know how they did it, but uh, <laughs> I got a little more to say about them a little bit later. But let's go ahead into number 15. This is where I have Oklahoma. Now, I originally had Oklahoma in my top 10. And if anybody wants to rank Oklahoma in their top 10, I think that's completely fine because that's where I originally had them. Because as a program, it's hard not to have Oklahoma in your top 10. They have been a top five program over the past 12, 15 years. Now, they just lost Lincoln Riley. We know what happened. It's the biggest storyline in college football this year. Lincoln Riley's at USC. How big of a step back do they take with Brett Venables? Because Lincoln Riley also took most of the talent with him. So yes. what is that going to look like? But the cupboard is not bare for Oklahoma. I still think that they can win the Big 12. The Big 12 is not so daunting that I think they can't win. The problem for Oklahoma is, is that the number one and number two defenses in the Big 12 last year played for the Big 12 championship times are changing in the big 12 and Lincoln Riley kind of fell behind there, which yep. where everyone else started playing defense and Oklahoma never figured it out. You had Oklahoma and state and Baylor play for the championship and going into this season. I think that they are still the two best teams in the big 12 because they play defense, but going back to Oklahoma, what is Dylan Gabriel going to do? I can't wait to see what this kid is going to do. They brought over Jeff Levy offense coordinator at UCF. So 
He's he's familiar with the play calling. Brent Venables, by the way, brilliant. This man can now focus on the defense, which is what they need, and he's going to let Jeff Levy do, do what he does, and I think Gabriel is going to absolutely ball out. I really do. I mean, I'm a Gabriel believer, man. Like, I, I, you know, there were there were times when he made questionable decisions at UCF, and I didn't know what he was doing. He gets injured, so we haven't seen him in a while. But I think this is a great fit for him, man, because they're just going to let him ball it out. Oklahoma's yeah. got nothing to lose, right? Yep. Can we both agree on that? They're Oklahoma's going to this season with absolutely to nothing to lose. lose. Spoiler alert, Oklahoma is in my top 10, barely, but they are in my top 10, and it's a large, a large part has to do, I think they were a, another situation where they reloaded with Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Let's let's put this in perspective, Miles. And 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 the UCF fans that listen to our podcast, don't come at me with arms and and, and castrate me because listen, I'm an alum knight. But I will have to say this: the talent that Dylan Gabriel is going to be throwing to is going to be. It's going to go. We going from throwing to three stars to four and five stars. And and, and as much as you want to say UCF is great at recruiting, as much as you want to say we love UCF, there is a big difference in most of these four and five stars, and that difference comes in route running. He's not going to have to force as many passes. Yes, the defense is going to be better, sure. But I think Dylan Dylan Gabriel is going to have an outs, as long as he stays healthy, an outstanding season because you said it, Oklahoma has nothing to lose. He's throwing the better talent, and guess what? His offensive line is one of the best in the country. Man, what, what more could you ask for if you're Gabriel? Yeah, if you look around at all the pundits, I feel like we're not talking about DG. And I know that we know him because of living in Orlando. We yep. we, we love our UCF Knights. But yep. the rest of the country needs to take notice because this kid's going to tear it up. But as you said, he's got to stay healthy. That's going to be like uh, Gardner Minshew when he went to Washington State where a lot of people were like, who is this guy? But no one was really watching East Carolina football. Not right. that he was great at ECU, but – I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, it's just another situation, and, and this is a little bit of a stretch using Gardner Minshew, but whatever. Let's talk about my number 15 team. This is where I have Pitt, and, you know, this is another team that I've had an opportunity to watch multiple times in person on the sideline, and this is not a knock on Kenny Pickett, and I think Kenny Pickett deserved where he got drafted at, deserved all the hype, but I do think uh, that Narduzzi has this system set up yep. where the next man up at quarterback will be there. The next man up, who cares they lost Jordan Addison? The next man at wide receiver up will be there. They're in a good spot. And, you know, <laughs> I'm going to use this phrase a lot, but Slavis has the opportunity to play by another good offensive line, which he did not have at USC. It's hard to be a good quarterback when you don't have, you don't have protection. And this Pittsburgh team knows how to protect the quarterback. Yeah, I think Pitt could pick up right where they left off. Yep. I really do. Uh, watch out for them in the ACC. All right, let's go into my number 14 the biggest wild card in the nation, and that is the USC Trojans. Are they going to be a playoff team, or are they going to win three games? Who can say at this point? I mean, this is I, – I do not remember ever, ever having a bigger wild card going into a college football season than this USC Trojans program because it really could go either way. I don't – I wouldn't blame them if you have them ranked as high as four – I wouldn't blame them if you don't have them in your top 25 at all. They won, what, four games last year? Yeah, four games. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. But we're talking about he brings in Caleb Williams. He brings in Jordan Addison. Uh, he brings in Travis Dye from Oregon. I mean, this yes. offense is going to be loaded. Now, there are still plenty of problems on the defensive side, but he also brought in some pretty good transfers on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, again, I contemplated USC in my top 10 because I think talent-wise, I think they are one of the best 10 teams in the country. But the fact they won four games last year, I cannot have them higher than 14th. 
Miles, I'm so glad you put USC in your top 25 because there were so many times when I I put them as high as 15. I put them as at 25 just so I can have them in my rankings. I did a full uh, rankings through 28, and they were my 28th team, uh, right behind Penn State. And it, for me, I just think there's going to be a culture change there. You know, right? Is does that culture change happen in one game? Does it happen this spring? Did it happen this spring? Does it happen in five games? And if they prove it to me, all, all I really do need to do is see them play one or two games. So come on in. Come on into my my top 25. Come on into my top 10. You said it. They are, have one of the most stacked offenses. But honestly, it's a lot of hype around this offense that offensive players that were in the right place at the right time. And that's Addison catching the ball from uh, from Kenny Pickett. That's Die playing because uh, the guy in front of him got hurt. That's Caleb Williams, who literally had no no pressure whatsoever because he is coming in replacing. He was coming in replacing Rattler. Now he's the big man on campus, and all the pressure's there. This is going to be one of those situations where it's going to be shut up or put up for USC because you got these players, you got the coach. Now make something happen with it. Yeah, it's a transition year. Uh, you know, I, I'll make a small comparison to when uh, Urban Meyer comes in for his first season at Ohio State after the scandal, and he he didn't really uh, get the best roster coming in, but he went twelve and zero. But that's Urban Meyer. I mean, let's let's see what kind of coach Lincoln Riley really is. I mean, you and I have been big Lincoln Riley stands on yep. this podcast. He's one of the best coaches in the country. There's no doubt about it. USC is the absolute perfect spot for perfect. his beautiful ass. All right, Perfect. so like he's he, he's gonna fit in. The culture will be there, um, but it may take time. We'll see. I agree. My number fourteen, we have Oregon. Man, Oregon lost a ton. But what better way to you're losing a ton on defense, right? What better way to to re-energize your returning players on defense by than hiring one of the best defensive minds in college football? Now, is Bo Nix going to win the job on offense? Is going to be the question because. I think this will be another Georgia replication of how you build this team. You're going to have good running backs and you're going to just have an elite defense where it doesn't matter if Stetson Bennett, Bo Nix, uh, uh, JT Daniels, anyone is your quarterback. And I think that's going to be what they do and what the landing system looks like. Yeah. I think landing could be a home run hire for them. I really yep. do. Because if, if, you know, if, if he comes in and continues to recruit the level the crystal ball was, uh, changes the defense a little bit. Let's get some offense going. I mean, I, I think Oregon's in pretty good shape. Uh, really impressed me last year with their win in the shoe against Ohio State. I have I do have Oregon in my top 10. Didn't really know what to do with them with the coaching turnover, but there's a lot of coaching turnover this year. A lot. Um, but Bo Nix, I, I think it really comes down to him. And we've said it. He, he, he's good for eight wins, but can he be a 10-win quarterback at Oregon? I, I think we might find out this year. Yeah. All right. Number 13, Oklahoma State. Unbelievable that this team continues to be in my top 15 rankings every single year. I believe that they were one yard away from the college football playoff last year. I still believe that if they win that Big 12 championship, Cincinnati never gets in. Oklahoma State's in the playoff, and deservedly so. Um, As a 12-1 Big 12 champion, they absolutely would have deserved it. They were that close. But I still don't think that Oklahoma State getting the, the respect that they deserve for the season they put together last year. Yeah. And I don't know how they're getting Spencer Sanders again, um, but here he is. I'm not saying he's the best. He had some really strong games last year. 
Uh, fourth quarter against Oklahoma in Bedlam stands out to me where he he carried them to victory. I think he could have a really good year. But them losing defensive coordinator Jim Knowles to Ohio State, thank you. <laughs> Another big wild card of this season, by the way, but we'll get to Ohio State. Jim Knowles transformed not just Oklahoma State, folks. He transformed the Big 12 Conference. The yes. Big 12 Conference is playing defense because of Jim Knowles and because of Dave Aranda. Because Dave Aranda comes in and plays at Baylor and – who played for the Big 12 championship last year? Oklahoma Baylor, State and Oklahoma Baylor. State. Yes, sir. They completely changed that conference. But, you know, what did they do with the new coordinator? It's still, um, you know, consistency in that program. Uh, that's really the only loss that they had. I think another good year for Oklahoma State is uh, there for 2022. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State is in my top 10. Um, just another team who squeaked in. But my number 13, Ole Miss. This is where I have okay. the Ole Miss Rebels. And this was a tough one for me, Miles, because, you know, if they return even half of their offense, I would start to think that, you know, this is a top 10 team, you know, but everyone is gone and they're replacing it guys with like, uh, like, like Jackson out of USC. They're replacing guys like uh, Zach Evans out of TCU. But I do think this provides a strong opportunity for Ole Miss and, um, Lane Kiffin to be a chameleon, you know, because now he has no offense to Snoop Connor, but now he has an elite running back in Zach Evans. He can run and build this entire offense out of with a guy who can both run the ball and catch the ball in the backfield. Now we just got to see what he can do at quarterback at 13. It's a fair price for me. This is where my run on sec teams kind of starts. All right. I like Ole Miss there. Uh, at number 12, this is where I have Baylor, the defending Big 12 champions. I, I thought about not having them as the highest ranked Big 12 team. Really, for me, between Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma, I don't have any problem having any of those three ranked above the other. I yeah. think those are the three best teams in the Big 12. I do think Kansas State could be a surprise team this year, but I think those are the three best in the Big 12 right now. And I, I, I honestly, at this point, I think any of them could be in the top 10, um, yeah. and I wouldn't be upset about it. Dave Aranda is creating a brand of football at Baylor that is going to be successful for years to come because he plays with a strong offensive line, a good running game, disciplined on offense, and a really good defense. I, I, and you know, Brad, how I feel about building an identity. Yep. And Dave Aranda has done it quickly, and that's key. We were talking about with Lincoln Riley. You can be Lincoln Riley, and you can bring in all that talent, but it's the culture and the identity that you build that makes you successful. Look at Wisconsin. Look at Iowa. They're in our top 25s every single year because we know what they're going to be. That is something that Baylor is doing right now. I hope that they can keep it going. They got a quarterback change, which was much needed. Yes. Uh, so I think that's going to only help them. Uh, I've got Baylor at 12. My number 12 is another all-hype team, and that's Texas A&M. You know, there were times when I wanted Ooh. Texas A&M to be like 20th. But for some reason, they just are always a top 15 team, regardless of how crappy they are and how many excuses we make. This is the number one recruiting class here that was paid for by the NIL. We will see what happens. I am actually very high on Max Johnson. I'm not very high on Jimbo Fisher as a coach, and that's kind of disrespectful. And has nothing to do because him and Lane, Lane uh, I mean him and Nick Saban were beefing. Were past tense. Jimbo said himself, the "Oh, it's over. still it's still going on, Brad." That he said, never "He going said away. himself, it's over. It's never going away." <laughs> um, but I am high on Max Johnson. We'll see what uh, what Jimbo can do with him. But like, there's just so many times where. We just make excuses for Texas A&M, which is why they're not a top 10 team for me. Like 8-4 last season, and we talk about this daunting schedule that they had to play. But, like, you look at the losses. Lost to Mississippi State, um, lost to Ole Miss, lost to Arkansas. Like, 
Yeah, sure. You're losing to quality opponents, but like, be for real. If you're a top 10 team, don't make excuses to losing to Mississippi State, who I don't have in my top 25 rankings. Well, four and four in the NCC, as you said, uh, I'm going to have them ranked higher just because of talent. Uh, I like that you made that stance uh, because really, I mean, let's see. Yeah, they underperformed the last year. 2020, they lost one game uh, in in the COVID season, but that was really it. I mean, other than that, they've been overrated the entire time Jimbo Fisher has been there. Uh, they beat Alabama last year, but then you lose four of the games in the SEC. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, Jimbo? <laughs> like, you beat if you beat Alabama, and 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 as great as that game was, I, there weren't many times where I thought Alabama stood a chance in that game. It, the crowd was 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 making my stomach hurt. Alabama was not making the correct plays because Jimbo was outsmarting them. And then you end up having an, a, an eight win season. Like, come on, like th- that's what separates you from being a, a, a Nick Saban. Or being a Jimbo Fisher who got his one flash in the pan. Well, I'll say this about AM and I'll I'll mention it uh again next week in our top 10 is that you know it really comes down to I mean, they just signed the greatest recruiting class of all time. Yes. How big of an impact can that make right now? Or are we gonna have to wait a couple of years for those players to pan out? It depends on uh playing time, it depends on experience. It, it really like how quickly are we going to see that difference? And you mentioned Max Johnson. Are they going to get quarterback play? There's just a there's a lot of question marks, a lot of, a lot of talent, but a lot of question marks. All right, uh, let's round this out with our number eleven. This is where I have NC State. Who nice. watch out for NC State this year? Yes. And you know, I I don't want to overhype them because I, I I do want to talk about Devin Leary because I think he's a baller. But we said the same thing about Sam Howell we going did. into last year, and we it was just so an extremely did. disappointing year, right? Right. So. Uh, for their counterparts, for their rivals, North Carolina, it was such a disappointing season for them. So I don't want to see that happen with NC State. Uh, I, you know, I, I've got them ranked this high because I think they are a very complete team. Their defense returns ten starters from a defense that only allowed nineteen point seven points per game last year. They were six and two in the ACC. Great quarterback, uh, a lot of momentum. They yes. do have to play at Clemson this year, which I think is going to be a big game. But I've got NC State at number eleven, man, and uh, I, I hope they warrant the hype. You know, this this draft class worries me because I we have so many quarterbacks who we're just hearing all this buzz about and all this hype about. And I think it's because they want a rich crop of quarterbacks, not because we actually have one. And sure. we'll see. Uh, I'm really high on NC State, but I don't want to get – Miles, I lost a lot of money on North Carolina early because I, I yeah. overhyped them. I was like, they're right. so good. We they're both so did it. Good. We were expecting big things. I mean, I was definitely expecting a big season from them. So, and uh, my number 11 team is – this is more of a participation trophy than anything. Uh, I swear I have Cincinnati. Listen, Cincinnati – if Cincinnati somehow finishes in the top 15 this season, someone back up every dollar you own to Luke Fickle because they are losing everyone. Well, that's the thing that you're right. I mean, you look at all those first and second round draft picks. They, they It's easy to see now why they were a playoff team because that yeah. was a damn good football team. <laughs> all I mean, the players like – Alec Pierce, like people who aren't even people's radars. Yeah. Um, Desmond Ritter, who looks like he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like I'll tell you, that was my biggest takeaway from the NFL draft was how highly these Cincinnati players were going. Because yes. if you want to know, like, who knows talent, it's the NFL scouts. Yeah. So this was something that, you know, we could talk about Cincinnati all we wanted last year. But now I'm thinking, I didn't realize how talented a football team they were yep. because now we see it. Now they made the playoff and 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 we had them ranked highly, all that good stuff. I get it. A lot of good players. But now, what do you do now? 
do you revert back to like are you a UCF right yes where where UCF went undefeated two years in a row and now they've won eight games a year so are, are you an eight win program or are you a ten win program? I mean this is another this is another team since Daddy that headed to the Big Twelve next year presumably yeah, I think it was like uh, what I did with with LSU I gave them a participation pro- trophy made them my what thirteenth ranked team after they won the national championship and they didn't yep. deserve that rank but it was participation participation trophy. Uh, Miles, it was fun, man. I, I love the fact that we get to talk, talk college football. I don't think that there are many in this industry who do it as well as we do and have as much fun doing it. So I'm looking forward to next week. Couldn't agree more, man. Top 10, and then we've got a lot more exciting episodes after that. Can't wait to take a look at the schedules. Let's let's do conference oh games, non-conference yes. games. Uh, can't wait to start mapping out those weekends. Less than 100 days, guys. Thank you for listening to What's the Spread. Be sure to download the podcast right like and subscribe.